up, everyone? I'm Katherine Rudder, and this is Life in the Fast Chain. For this episode, we have Todd McDonald back in the studio to discuss CBDCs and other recent news. He was recently at an event with Charlemagne the God. Interesting. Why? And then we have Dr. Alyssa DiCaprio on, who is now chief economist here at R3, and we talk about all of the roads that led her here. I hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you for joining me in the studio today. It's amazing to be back here in the I studio. Know, I know. It's yeah. been a while. What it's have you been up to? Oh, what have I been up to? Well, uh, let's see. Since the last time we chatted, I did a business trip. Nice. Uh, to London. It was How really was exciting. That? It was amazing. I, I went and met people in person yeah, in their places of business. That's it was incredible. Nice. Yeah, it was really fun. That is very nice. I know it, it has been a while um, because we had all of these plans and then Omicron was like, no, you don't. And kind of took everything away, but now Indeed. we're getting back into it. We're yeah, we're getting our group back, which yeah. is good. Yeah, and then we just uh, just had a, an amazing lunch in the office. Yeah, we had uh, everyone around the table. So Thursdays at R three is R three TLC Thursday mm-hmm. lunch club. Love it. Yes, um, off to a rousing start. So that was really fun. Yeah, it is very fun. I have to say that I um, messed up on TLC because I forgot to vote what I wanted, and then. I couldn't participate, but next time you, really, you live and you learn. You really, you know, you, you need to use your vote. Every be, vote counts. <laughs> Apparently, I'll be here for bar three, though. That's for sure. <laughs> so, what have you been speaking of? Social events? Have you gone to any? Because I feel like you, you do go to events in the space. You do more than some other people. I did, here. and actually, you know, before we started recording, I was talking about how I met. Charlemagne the God at a recent event. Amazing. Please yes. explain that. Uh, well, it was at, it was a <laughs> uh, it was a, it was centered around uh, media and advertising. So one of our partners mm-hmm. invited me. So it was talking about how to bring trust to uh, the advertising space in media, which I'll admit I know nothing about. Yeah. But they're using Corda in really cool ways, and it was uh, it was really fun. So that was it was it was kind of crazy to go to a an event. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Was it in the city? Yeah, it was downtown. That's so fun. And then Charlemagne the God, the God was there. He was up. He, he I was a warm up act for him. Oh, yeah. yeah a, well, yeah. you know, the crowd fine. was thinned out after I got off stage. Poor Charlemagne the God. I gave him some notes afterwards. Anyway, oh, good. How to keep up the engagement. Yeah. Well, sure he probably he, needs it. Make sure yeah. he has the radio voice down. Yeah, that's, that's good. You do have a good radio voice. Thank you. Thank you I've said it once yes. and I'll say it again. <laughs> Um, okay, that's fun. Yep. So what else? Because you read a lot more than I do, um, <laughs> especially in like the space. And we've oh, talked about space. it before okay. in the space yeah. in general. You probably read more generally than I do, too. I'm not a big um, like reader. I like short stories and poems. I don't like books, but that's neither here nor there. I would love to. I would love to get a recommendation on poetry. Oh yes, not right now for because I was like, is this a poetry podcast? Oh my god, <laughs> ratings are plummeting. All of a sudden, I, I do slam poetry and start <laughs> reciting my own stuff. Um, oh yeah, that's yeah, fun. That'd be great. Yeah, after we stop recording, I'll yes. do that. Um, but aside from all that, yeah, what's going on in the space? Well, I mean, uh, so it's been been a, a few weeks since we chatted, so yeah. there's a ton of go- going on. So maybe there's a couple things to talk about. We can let's, let's talk about money. Mm. Should we talk about money? Money, money. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so there has been a lot, and there always is a lot when we talk about digital currency, central bank digital currency. There's stuff coming out all the time. I think, you know, in the, in the last few months, we've had a report from the uh, the DC Fed mm-hmm. around um, 
what a digital dollar might mean. Yeah. Um, we continue to have uh, work going on in the UK and in Europe and, and lots of papers from IMF and, and BIS. And yeah. it's, it's unbelievable the amount of stuff that comes out. And I honestly, I can't scratch the surface reading it all. Yeah. Uh, one thing has been that I think was interesting is uh, there's been a project called Project Hamilton yeah. uh, that's been in the works for a while. It's still ongoing. So this is from the Boston Fed. So one thing to keep in mind is that the Federal Reserve is actually a distributed system mm-hmm. in some ways. So they have, oh, I'm, I'm I'm actually might get this wrong. There's a number of several <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Federal Reserve banks in the U.S. Uh-huh. And uh, so Boston Fed is one of them. And uh, there's been they've had an interest in CBC for for a while. And they've been working on a project with the MIT uh, Digital Currency Institute. Nice. Thank you. Um, and they so they did two things. One, they're trying to uh, explore sort of just generally what CBDC would mean and what are some of the requirements for to, to make it real. Mm-hmm. And then. I think probably the what's kind of different than some of the other projects they they did a technical side of it, which is what they've called Open CBDC, which they released. Uh, they have a GitHub repo, so you can check it out. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out um, some comp, some core concepts of of really true sort of digital cash, what that potentially could look like, how to make it mm-hmm. fit for purpose, and all that good stuff. You know, super early days for them, and and they you know we've had some conversations. That, you know, it's a big open project. A lot of it is just sort of to spark. More debates, yeah. more investigation, um, and I think, and then it just the the drumbeat of of interest and the amount of opinions coming out around digital currency, digital dollar, is just nonstop from all yeah. se- segments. So, I mean, that's sort of in general what's been going on. So there's yeah. all that, and then interestingly, you know, talked about going to London. The big theme of my trip there, I was talking to a lot of, you know, folks within our ecosystem at you know banks and market infrastructure um, organizations around around cash, cash mm-hmm. money. Uh, but what, what are the, what are the ways to try and bring regulated tokenized cash to, uh, to these new digital asset networks? So I guess that's sort of one big macro yeah. thing that's been going on. So question. Yeah. So when you, you talked about, um, the DC fed and then Boston mm-hmm. fed, they're doing different projects and different research, right? So there's, so, okay. Yeah. To take a step back around sort of framing out the different ways that, um, governments, central banks, public sector is coming at this topic. Yeah. The reason I'm asking is because I'm like, how, what's the handhold? Yeah. At what point is it like, t- is it kind of. So the U S so thing? we're a federalist type system, right? So in, in effect right now you have a couple different ways that things are being executed. You have say what's happening in China, which is the, where they, they, the DCP project there, that's a very specific uh, project that is being run obviously centrally and try to be rolled out in a certain way by uh, Chinese government. Mm-hmm. You have things like in Europe, which they have started roughly a two-year process for a digital euro. Yeah, and there are lots of streams. There's technical working groups. There's, it's it's sort of kind of akin to how they like to operate from a consensus-driven approach. Okay. Um, in the in the UK, there's a ton of activity, say from Bank of England, on on potentially a little bit more applied research. Yeah. And our man RGB has been quite say. involved. Uh, Richard Gunner Brown on. House of Lords trying to bring all this together. So yeah. they're trying to look at where they can fit in here in the US. And then obviously there's tons of other stuff then, going on yeah. and we're working with a bunch of people, all that good stuff. Um, yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> creating the future of money, no big deal. So <laughs> the US is different. Yeah, It's pretty far. Uh, so it's it's behind the curve when it comes to central bank digital currency. There is no single uh, US um, agency or 
um, government entity that is pushing the agenda. Mm-hmm. The the um, DC Fed's uh, report was the kind of the first, I guess, uh, flag planting by by the you know the big Federal Reserve, mm-hmm. um, and that was important. But really, what their paper was more of a sort of a summary or distillation of previous work. Yeah. Uh, and so then there's, you know, there's always like, there's this delicate balance. Like I, one of the things I find interesting in, in, in working a lot with, with governments and around public sector is, you know, it's clearly different than the private sector, but people mm-hmm. still have motivations and, and interests and want to uh, do cool things and maybe compete with other agencies or compete with yeah. their peers. So there's a little bit of that going in the U.S., but there still isn't like, kind of caught up in the whole mix of things where you have crypto regulation kind of uh, still being fought over by different agencies. Maybe the SEC takes control of that. Mm-hmm. You have obviously a huge topic around stable coins. And since mm-hmm. really the, uh, the vast majority of stable coins are, are all about US dollar backed stable coins. Yeah. That's a massive topic. Yeah. Um, and they're, and they're, so trying to get a handle on how that could work. And then what would it mean for um, a digital dollar to come to come to fruition, either from the retail side, the general purpose, mm-hmm. when if you potentially you know had to use it to buy like coffee at Krispy Kreme, for example. <laughs> Don't embarrass me. <laughs> Sorry, it was on the way. <laughs> or you know, or in on the sort of the wholesale security settlement side. I'm sorry. I was trying to figure out how I was going to work with Krispy Kreme, and I was pretty. That was a that. good. No, that Thank was actually you. pretty good. So, uh, so there's sort of different topics there. So. I think I, I have a lot of respect for uh, so Jim Jim Kuna at the Boston Fed is one that's driving the project Hamilton, and mm-hmm. it's this is it's great because it just keeps the positive pressure yeah on to move ahead yeah yeah, yeah wow um, to and now I'm thinking about the Krispy Kreme I know. Uh, coffee which it does I mean, taste like so it's from so, Krispy Kreme so it's, so are all the listeners so yeah now everyone's thinking about it does taste like there's a donut in my coffee there's that much sometimes sugar. I would like my glazed donut separate to my coffee. <laughs> Not me. Oh, no. <laughs> Not me. Got no time. <laughs> no time. On the way into the office, got to drink my donut. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, we, we're barely obviously like yes. covering. So, so it's just so it's, it's just scratching the surface. Yeah. I think that, so what, where, where, what are we working on? Um, I mentioned before the topic of conversation that I've, that I've found myself in more often over the last few months is we are incredible all the, the industry is hard at work on trying to figure out how they can bring regulated digital currency to market yeah there's lots of different ways to do it um we're working directly with central banks on their digital currency projects Bricks bank others um yep. in kazakhstan and some other places and some and that's going to to continue but th- there's a, a growing sentiment where what is the near term? Uh, what's possible in the more than near term? So in the next yeah. twelve to eighteen months. Okay. Oh. So, is that is it? The one thing I like to say is like you know even if central banks are on an accelerated timeline, they're still on a central bank timeline, yeah. and it totally makes sense because they have to, they have to definitely what is it measure twice and cut once that expression. So they have yeah. to make sure that they they're very purposeful in how they move forward. There's so many second third order risks to all this stuff, so. Are there ways to bring the other side of this trade uh, to market? So uh, there are lots of you know, digital asset networks coming online. 
um, that we're involved in, others are involved in. So how do we help bring regulated settlement to those networks? How can we potentially bring something that's maybe close to what central bank digital currency will be, mm-hmm. but something that can be live in the next sort of quarters as opposed to years? Um, so that's okay. that's I find I find that uh, that was part of what you know the business trip. It's great to see people again. Yeah, nice to be with human beings instead of uh, um, video screens. Um, but it was also the topic of conversation is really picking up again on this yeah. stuff. So it's really fun. Yeah, that is fun. And it's also fun. We had, um, I believe it was yesterday or three, we had um, an event in London. We had people at the London office. We did. Yeah. So, so it's, things are kind of starting to get, we're crawling forward. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm really excited. Do you have anything, so outside of CBDC and, and money, 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 yeah. um, what else is going on? I know we're kind of coming on time, on time, but that it kind of seems like that's the main thing a lot of people are really focused on. Well, I mean, yeah, because this is, we've been hard at work, the industry's been hard at work for a while, and this is, yeah. we're starting to bring these things together. As I mentioned before, we have uh, a lot of these asset networks that have either gone live or just about to go live or trying to get critical mass. Mm-hmm. So the fun part, and this is the fun part is working on and working with things like existing networks, existing yeah. market infrastructure, help them uh, build um, modernized digital market infrastructure. So we do that a lot and got to meet with our the SDX team uh, from Six Exchange when I was in London. Um, and it's the convergence of all this that is what's, I mean, personally, that's what gets me excited. That's what it gets gets a lot of folks here are three excited and, yeah and, um, and i think the one last thing is we're we're starting to see you know we started the company we were working directly mainly with banks and we've expanded beyond that but that's still obviously the, a lot of the, at the heart of what we do mm-hmm. and so i've been spending a lot of time in the team working with individual banks and also in the aggregate to help them come up with their with their own digital strategies so that's fun. also quite fun fun yeah Chief strategy officer of everything. Of everything? I don't know why I said that. Of the world of digital currencies. The world. The world. All right. Very fun. Cool. Thank you uh, for all that. I'm sure that there's so much. I mean. There's so much more to talk about. But Catherine, it is an absolute pleasure to be back on the podcast. I know. And we'll be be back in here again very shortly to talk about more things. Um, You can't escape me. I look forward to it. Oh, write that down. <laughs> Thanks, John. I'm in the studio with R3's chief economist, Dr. Alyssa DiCaprio. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. And I'm not used to calling you doctor, but I should have been doing so all along. Why didn't you correct me? <laughs> it's a big honor. It's always so nice when people use that, but nobody does besides my grandmother. I know. Well, that's adorable. Hello, Grandma. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting because you obviously earned that title. You should be like waving the flag, wearing it loud and proud, which now I'm making you. So <laughs> it's true. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I got you. I'll be your hype girl. Okay, so you have just been named Arthur's chief economist. Um, and before that, you had a, a bunch of different roles at R3. But before we get to that, let's go way back. What what got you started in this world? Well, I think there were there were really kind of three phases to my career, okay. which was broken up by school. 
um, which I was in for a long time. (laughs) I think, you know, in the beginning, I was focusing pretty hard on microeconomics and Mm -hmm. kind of trade and labor. Uh, So during that time, I was working with labor unions. uh, I was working in Cambodia and Thailand. Mm -hmm. um, And a lot of what I learned at that point, because you're looking at how workers are affected by uh, changes in the global economy, is I learned that there's some things that need to be changed on a global level. Um, So that was that was kind of the beginning. Then I, I went and did my Ph.D., and, Where'd you get your PhD? Uh, I got my PhD from MIT. Nice. Uh, where I looked at the U.S.-Chile free trade agreement, and oh <laughs> I showed how uh, Chilean firms were using that trade agreement to get around some of the restrictions they had on um, different policies that that they would want to use to industrialize. Cool. Um, so after that, I started really focusing on emerging economies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I spent a lot of time looking at uh, how countries were using technology to change their export mix, okay. which, what I, you know, I thought was, was pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the, the third phase before I got here um, was really looking at macroeconomic issues. So this mm-hmm. is where I moved on. I was working for the UN. I was working for Asian Development Bank. Um, and I was really thinking about how these bigger trade issues um, are affected by things like digitization mm-hmm. or e-commerce um, and, and really getting into the, those kind of areas of, of innovation. Um, at that point, I also started looking a little bit more at trade finance yeah. um, because I was working with that team looking at the, the global trade finance gap and whether or not that linked to digitization. So it was, it was a lot of work with banks and with companies to, to help them figure out how to digitize mm-hmm. um, and, and how to use that to be more competitive and how that would affect the global economy in general. Yeah. So the global economy, speaking of which, you've lived in many places where in that time, like where have you lived? Just because I feel like you've dipped your toes in a lot of different places. Um, that, I, I've lived <laughs> all over the me. place. This is just for me. This isn't for the podcast. I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, let's see. Uh, when I was doing labor stuff, I lived in Cambodia and Thailand. Um, I've also lived in, uh, I was working for the UN in Helsinki, Finland. Mm-hmm. Um, when I did my dissertation, I was living in Chile because uh, yeah. I was working with firms there. Um, and when I was at ADB, I lived in the Philippines and also in Tokyo before I moved back to the US. And do you think that living in all these different places has like really helped kind of shape your career, obviously, because you're looking at things from such different perspectives in different places, right? Well, it, it definitely gives you a, a, a different view on what is important yeah. um, and whether things are actually impacting what's going on in the ground or on mm-hmm. the ground. Um, which I think actually is, is pretty interesting with blockchain because this is, for me, the first time I've ever seen a technology that is actually happening on a global level. It's yeah. not only happening in one country yeah. or one region. It's everywhere. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So then what led you to kind of looking at a job at R3? Um, well, I think, well, I can tell you the direct impact, okay. the, the direct path. Um, right, and. <laughs> The, the direct way that I got involved is uh, I was on a panel and Tim Swanson was there mm-hmm. at this conference. Uh, and he made a comment about blockchain in Africa that I disagreed with. And oh, I love it. <laughs> so afterwards, I went and found him and we had this discussion. And I was like, man, this guy makes me angry, but he's very smart. 
Um, and so we kind of kept in touch because of that. Um, and then also at the time, I guess R3 was working a lot on trade finance and yeah. I was still doing the gap studies. So I met uh, Todd. Uh, I talked with Ricardo. I, I was in touch with Henry because I was also trying to figure out how to get Asian Development Bank to do yeah. more work in the blockchain space. And R3 mm -hmm. seemed like the most credible company that was doing this. Nice. Um, you know, at the time when there was kind of a lot of people selling snake oil uh, yeah. in the blockchain space, R3 kind of stood out that way. So that's Ooh. most directly how I how I got to R3. That's fun. I didn't know that. It's very, to me, very you to like disagree with someone and then follow up and try and like hear their perspective. That's why you're in such an incredible position and I'm obsessed with you. Um, so you're like, my interviews normally don't go like this. Um, so you started working at R3. Uh, and what were you doing at first? Kind of like what led you to this chief? Why can I not say economist? Chief economist role? Well, I started out as head of research. Uh, and then I transitioned to be head of trade. Um, and, and both roles in, actually were kind of setting me up for the, the creation of the chief economist position. Yeah. Um, because, you know, R3 was already this company that was looking at the kind of broader view of what blockchain is doing, not for a particular company or for a particular sector, but for, you know, the entire industry. Yeah. Um, or, or more globally. So that was, that was kind of the research part of it, really thinking about how these things worked. And then with trade, I was doing these things for a very specific sector, right? Yeah. Like, what are the trends going on in trade? How are banks getting involved? How are companies getting involved? Um, so it, it, was, it was a little bit broader than just, you know, let's sell blockchain and make it work. It was really, how is this changing the economic activities that we do every day? And yeah. why does that matter to anyone? Yeah. So, so those were the, the kind of the, the two roles that I had, I had had before this. Yeah, well, they do kind of, when you explain them like that, it does make sense as to how you kind of naturally fit into this role now. Um, so what is your day-to-day -day kind of look like being the chief economist here at R3? Well, I think so far, um, it's, it's really about uh, two things. So the first is thinking about more general analysis about things like sustainability mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, impacts on monetary policy, where it's not it's not a particular sector. It's really thinking about how this is changing, you know, our, our day to day work. Yeah. Um, and then the the other thing is really uh, you know, kind of thinking about the, the regulatory environment, because I think we're in a situation now where regulators are much more savvy about blockchain. Yeah. Um, and companies really want to make sure that um, they're working with regulators and they're doing what regulators expect them to do. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's really just being up to date on what is happening in the digital asset space or the uh, CBDC space with central banks, yeah. how they're thinking, what are the design choices they're considering, um, and, and working with them to to understand what are the implications of those things. Yeah, yeah. Which brings me to the Everyday Blockchain series that you've been doing, which I love because you're very good at it, too. For, for at, You're so smart and able to. Some people who are as smart as you are not able to convey exactly uh, what they're they're thinking or researching and all that stuff in, in a way that people can understand. But I think the every, is that the point of the Everyday Blockchain series? <laughs> because you're doing a good job. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a really fun series to write. Mm -hmm. um, we, we kind of started it because you know, we were already putting out, uh, you know, things, kind of explainers yeah. um, that people could use. But this is more of it, it, it. We wanted to make it more fun. Yeah. 
So it's really about like an everyday experience and how that translates to some concept in blockchain. Yeah. Um, which it turns out it's, it's a lot easier to do than I expected. Um, because, mm-hmm. I mean, you think of a topic like, uh, you know, wholesale central bank digital currency, which mm-hmm. seems completely unrelated to anything else. <laughs> um, but in fact, like if you think about it, like wholesale grocery stores, yeah. very similar. Yeah, I think, uh, was it your last one with the comparing it to Amazon? I think it's really helpful, especially because like we kind of at R3 like live and breathe this stuff all the time. But I almost need to, if I'm explaining it to friends and people who don't really care about what I'm doing, but I'm explaining to them anyways, like it's it's easy to even reference your references in the in the everyday blockchain series too, because people can under, maybe you don't know what a wholesale CBDC is, but yeah, you do know X, Y, Z. So it's very helpful. Good job. (laughs) I'm glad you're reading them. Thank you. (laughs) And this is, and this is an ongoing, it's going to be for a little while, right? Or like, what's, Mm -hmm. what's the plan? Um, Until I run out of ideas. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so, so the plan is to, to do them once every other month or so. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course we're still doing blogs and white papers and everything in, in between. But that's really meant for, you know, just a much, much more general audience yeah. um, to, you know, to get people involved and like understand that these topics aren't that hard to explain. Yeah. It's just it's hard sometimes when you're in it every day and you're actually writing the code and you're yeah. thinking about how the flows work. It's it's kind of difficult to take yourself out of that and mm-hmm. to talk about it without using jargon. Yes. And that is something also from outside of blockchain, outside of confidential computing, outside of all of this stuff, the marketing team here at R3 needs to work on that because we all just throw around all these like random words. I remember our interns every year are like, what is going on? Because we kind of assume like, oh yeah, you know, but you do a very good job, but like, yeah, like pulling yourself out of that, which not many people can do. I, you know, I did this really interesting exercise last week um, that, you know, I, I, I think is is relevant to this conversation. Okay. So it's, can you explain blockchain in one word? Can you explain blockchain in one sentence? And can you explain blockchain in a paragraph? Can you do those things for me right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the, the paragraph is actually pretty easy, right? Yeah, maybe one th- word sounds crazy. One word is hard. My word was database. Okay. I struggle. Maybe decentralized. I was going to say, my word was going to be decentralized, but, think? but you're, I mean, I'm going with your word. If I, if this is a test, I'm cheating because I would go with what you're saying, but okay. One word. Do you have a sentence? Um, I did come up with a sentence. It may be hard off the top of your head. Off the top of my head. Uh, I would say maybe it is. A decentralized database without a central operator that is cryptographically secured. It's not a great sentence. I mean, <laughs> uh, for off the top of your head, I would have been like, uh, blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so off the top of your head, that's good. I won't make you recite a paragraph. But that's a good exercise to kind of, yeah. I, uh, one word is just so hard. I mean, blockchain is technically a combination of two words, so you could try to cheat. 
That's true, but this is your game, your rules. I'm just trying to go against what you said. <laughs> um, so that's a good exercise. So what does your day-to-day kind of look like as the chief economist? I think I just want to say economist to prove that I can say the word properly. <laughs> <laughs> keep on saying it. Well, I think day to day, there's there's maybe three activities that I do. Um, the first is kind of external communications. I spend a lot mm-hmm. of time, uh, you know, just talking about blockchain uh, on you know webinars and, and different panels. Um, the second is really thinking deeply about blockchain. Um, so this is what are the issues people need to understand, and mm-hmm. how can we communicate to them in the in the best way possible for those different populations. And the third is is just very internal. Um, it's gathering the knowledge that we have and amalgamating that together. So for example, yeah. when when we were writing about sustainability, mm-hmm. um, there's a ton of people internally that know about blockchain sustainability that have written about it and thought about it really deeply but that it's not their day-to-day job to do this. And so a lot of what I do is trying to find those people yeah. and bring them together in order to, to write these pieces. Amazing. Nice. A day in the life of Dr. Alyssa DiCaprio. <laughs> okay, so this is all it's so fascinating. I'm so happy that you're here to talk about uh, all of this. But what do you like to do in your free time? Because I know you have a lot of hobbies, a lot of cool hobbies, might I ask. Um, when you're not doing all of this, what what are you doing? Where can I find you? You're like, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I would say you could probably find me in the pool or on my bike. Um, so I spend a lot of time doing triathlon. Um, but of course, you get injured when you do triathlon all the time. So I also spend a lot of time trying to concoct different uh, races to do and, and different mm-hmm. types of like challenges. Um so I, I think those are those are probably the the two things that I spend my time doing. Amazing. Do you have any triathlons in the books in the near future? I do. I'm signed up for Ironman Alaska oh in August. <laughs> Same. <laughs> See you there. <laughs> wow. You, you really can't get hurt. Well, I learned something about about Juneau, Alaska that I did not know. It's that cold. I that I should have known. <laughs> Which is, in fact, that they do not have a lot of hotel rooms or hotels or roads. There is no road system in Juneau. Okay. <laughs> that's probably something that's important, right? So when I'm looking at, you know, Airbnbs, they're like, well, you get here by helicopter or boat. No way. So I'm, I'm still trying to work out where I will be staying. No way. But I am planning to race there. Wow. I Best of luck to you. Oh, my goodness. And it's a full Ironman. It is. <laughs> the first one they're having there it's gonna be really cool that is that is so epic and i'm so happy for you i don't think in this world in this lifetime i will ever be able to do something like that but that's amazing wow dr Alyssa dicaprio thank you for joining me today i always have so much fun when i force you to sit down and talk to me <laughs> now i have to go back and revise my blockchain in one sentence and memorize it forever <laughs> Sorry, really put you on the spot there. Um, Well, thank you for joining me. And if anyone wants to reach out, learn more, I'll put information in the episode uh, bio. But definitely people should read your Everyday Blockchain series for a more general kind of lighter-ish air quote read. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Thanks, Alyssa. Thank you. Doctor. Thank you for listening.
listening to this episode of Life in the Fast Chain. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Todd McDonald will be back on next episode, and we have a ton of guests in the pipeline. So stay tuned the next few weeks. Thanks for listening. Thank you.